Megan, I've heard so much about you. It's good to meet you in the flesh at last. Thanks for agreeing to see me. I wasn't sure if you would. Why not? We have someone in common. Someone who's very important to both of us. So of course I wanted to meet you. Did you tell Edward about our little tryst? No. I thought I'd take advantage of him being up in Aberdeen at my sister's. From what I hear, he seems to be coping pretty well up there. It's only been two weeks, though. He hasn't reached cabin fever stage yet. Anyway, I thought this would be a good opportunity. While the cat's away and all that. Would you like some wine? Um, no, I'm good, thanks. So, is this the bit now where you tell me that I'm making a terrible mistake, I'm much too young for your dad, and that I've turned his head with my wicked wiles? I might, if I thought it would do any good. But it seems that he's dead set on you. The feeling's mutual. So, what do you want to do? (laughs) I don't have any previous experience of this sort of situation. Strangely enough, neither do I. I suppose I was thinking along the lines of, if you and Dad are going to live together, we should at least get to know each other a bit first. That would seem the sensible thing to do. But... But what? Look, Megan... However much we might try to approach this in a civilised way, the truth is you're hardly likely to welcome me into the family with open arms, when we both know that deep down you don't approve of me or your dad, which is perfectly understandable. I'd be the same if I were in your shoes. I take it your dad's not shacked up with a much younger woman, then? My dad died when I was eight years old. He was only 30, so he didn't really get a chance to try that. I'm so sorry. I didn't know. Why would you? Well, Dad said you told each other all about your family circumstances, so I presumed he'd know about that. Yes, he does. But he hasn't seen fit to tell me. <laughs> He's very discreet. I think also, knowing that you're a psychology graduate, he was anxious to avoid you jumping to the conclusion that I must be looking for a daddy substitute. Well, aren't you? I certainly don't see it like that. Your dad and I happened to meet... There was a mutual attraction, which we've both allowed to develop to the point where living together seems the logical next step. End of story. And they both live happily ever after. Or not, in my dad's case, given that he'll soon be eligible for his bus pass. I'm all for saving fuel in the environment. Seriously, though, we feel that we have a good chance of enjoying some happiness together. So we're going to go for it. Sometimes you get a chance about the way life goes. Sometimes you don't. In the case of my dad, I didn't. In the case of your dad, I did. But aren't you even in the slightest bit worried about the age difference? (laughs) I mean, it might not be so noticeable now, but what about in ten years' time? You're both acting like moony-eyed teenagers. Losing my dad so early made me rather cynical about life. I had to develop a hard shell. I've already lived over ten years longer than he did. So when I get to the end of another day... I treat it as a bonus. Oh, please. Not the glass-half-full baloney. No, quite the opposite. I'm always looking over my shoulder expecting the worst. My kids are always accusing me of being reckless. They've been indoctrinated by the health and safety culture so many people seem to worship nowadays. But I just think, well, if your number's up, filling in a risk assessment form isn't going to save you. I'll give you that. And as for those bloody buzzers in cars to warn you about putting your seatbelts on, oh, don't get me started. I've nearly taken a hammer to smash the dashboard before now. I know the feeling. How did your dad die? 
if you don't mind me asking. Car crash? Oh, God, that, that's terrible. Oh, what does it matter? How can you say that? What's the difference? I mean, if he died in an accident or he had cancer, the end result's the same. <laughs> What's so funny? Oh, he wasn't wearing his seatbelt. You shouldn't laugh about it. <laughs> it's okay. It wouldn't have saved him, even if he had been wearing it. The police told my mother afterwards. Not that it was much consolation to hear at the time. But ever since, it has given me a rather cavalier attitude towards my own personal safety. Surely that changed once you had kids of your own? Not really. In fact, it's a wonder Katie, my eldest daughter, survived infancy. I was a season ticket holder at A&E. What happened to her? Oh, the usual stuff. Saucepan stuck on her head, dried pee up her nostril, that sort of thing. She got hold of a torch bulb once and swallowed it. Oh, then there was a time I forgot to put the pushchair brake on and it rolled down the hill with her in it while my back was turned. I was talking to a neighbour. That could have been nasty. Nowadays, I'd be pilloried by social services for abuse and neglect. But Katie's turned out fine. She has survived thus far because it's her karma. That's my philosophy. Sounds like your kids have survived in spite of you rather than because of you. I don't lay any claims to being a super mum, but I get by which is probably the best a parent can hope for. I suppose I must measure up rather badly compared to your mother. She was certainly very protective, but in a good way. I bet you had your arguments, though. I've certainly had my share with Katie, and there'll be more on the way with Joe as she hits the dreaded puberty. Exactly. And now you're adding my dad to that equation. He hasn't a clue about how to deal with teenage girls. It just sounds like a recipe for disaster, if you ask me. If you're expecting Love's Young Dream to survive that, you must be mad. Or a masochist. Or both. Very likely. But at least I'll have been in the thick of it, and not sitting on the sidelines watching and wondering. What do you mean? Look, Megan, I don't want to pick a fight with you, but you're coming across a bit like a sulky teenager yourself. You're what? About ten years younger than me. You've got a decent job, but not exactly what you want to do, according to Edward. A relationship which, by your own admission, apparently is going nowhere. And overall, you seem to look at life with a rather jaundiced eye. With good reason. The last thing I want to do is preach. But what I'm getting at is, maybe the focus of your attention should be on yourself and what you want from your own life, rather than being so negative about mine and your dad's. Can't you find it in your heart to be happy for him? Maybe. If he'd shown more concern for my happiness... He's always talked to me about you in the most loving terms. All I got was pressure to do well at school and then get into Oxbridge, fulfil his dreams. But I didn't come up to the mark. And then, of course, when I got pregnant, has he washed that choice piece of dirty family linen before you? Yes, he did mention it. But he doesn't blame you. It's that teacher who he still bears the brunt of his wrath. Whatever. He just believes what he wants to believe. About everything, really. That's not the Edward I've come to know. And love. Beneath that self-confident front he puts on, I think he's rather vulnerable. Dad? Vulnerable? He's got the hide of an elephant. <laughs> we'll just have to agree to differ on that one. I don't see how you can take it all so lightly. You're planning to set up home with a man nearly 20 years older 
who has a pretty dodgy track record when it comes to relationships. And you just sit there, calm as you please. God, the only worst thing I could think of is if you got you pregnant. Now that really would be the absolute pits. Funny you should say that. Oh no, I don't believe this. Afraid so. Yes, it has come as a shock to us. And no, we haven't yet decided what to do about the situation. We've both agreed not to go into knee-jerk reaction mode. It would be helpful if you could avoid that too. But I realise it's probably asking a lot. Damn right it is. You're up the duff and I'm supposed to do what? Get the bunting out and toast the expectant mother? Your dad did have a part to play in this as well, you know. And he'll be getting a piece of my mind when I next speak to him. Oh, yes. The words stones, glass houses and throw come to mind here? There's a difference. I was only 18. You're both mature adults, supposedly. You were still old enough to know what you were doing and what the possible consequences might be. But you got carried away by passion and lust. Now, I know you won't want to hear this because it's your own father who's involved, but passion and lust don't necessarily disappear with age, thank God. I'd rather not think about it. Fine. But I get the feeling there's another agenda for you here, isn't there? What do you mean? Well, you're at that age when... Many women who've built up their careers start thinking about having children. If they're maternally minded, of course. So? So, you've already been pregnant, but lost a baby. Under very unfortunate circumstances. Your biological clock's ticking away. And then you discover that your aged dad's impregnated a younger woman. That would be bad enough. But when the woman in question is over 40, that must be difficult for you. You missed your calling. You should have been a relationship counsellor. You're better still. Why don't you go on mastermind? Chosen specialist subject, psychobabble. To quote your favourite play, the lady doth protest too much, methinks. You may know some things about me, thanks to my dad, but don't presume that you know me as a person. There's a lot he hasn't got the faintest clue about. Because for most of my formative years, he just wasn't there. Too busy with his precious business or screwing around. I'm sure he regrets some of his past, like we all do. But the thing is, none of us know what we're letting ourselves in for. That's the beauty and mystery of it. Any of us could get knocked down by the proverbial bus tomorrow. Does that mean we don't dare get out of bed? Of course not. So as for all those comments that are bound to be made about us, like, he'll be in his dotage when the kid's a teenager, fine. But my dad had me when he was 22 and he didn't live to see me grow up. Shit happens, and you just have to deal with it. There's a big difference between a parent dying unnaturally young and deliberately choosing to become one when you're way past the normal age. That's just sick. Oh, well, that's me told. So, from your lofty position up on Mount Olympus, what do you suggest we do about it? Would you advise me to have a termination? Play God with this living entity now growing inside of me. Get rid of your potential half-brother or sister. That's not fair. Of course it isn't. Life really is. But we just have to deal with whatever it dishes up. So your dad and I will have to decide what's best to do. Of course we're going to listen to you and Greta's opinions. But ultimately, the responsibility is ours, because we created the situation. Of course. I didn't mean... It's just so hard for me to... (laughs) I know, I know. I've still got to break the news to my own kids. Goodness knows what they're going to say about it. 
They were surprisingly relaxed about meeting their mum's new, old boyfriend. But finding out he's made her pregnant might be a different story. The prospect of having him and a wailing baby under the same roof might be, well, too much for them. Yes. Sorry, I was forgetting about them. This touches them more directly than Muir or Greta. I wouldn't say that necessarily. If we're to become part of the same family, then it affects all of us. Welcome to the 21st century dysfunctional family life. Been there, done that, got the T-shirt. Yes, I suppose most of us have these days. So, Megan, where do we stand? Are we good? The jury's still out. You're certainly not what I expected. I'll take that as a compliment. I have to go. Sorry. It's been good to meet you, Megan. I'm so glad we were able to talk. And I hope the three of us can meet up when Edward gets back. And don't worry. Your dad will be quite safe with me. Oh, I nearly forgot. You're not supposed to know about the bun in the oven yet. The plan was for Edward to contact you via Skype from Aberdeen and break the news to you and Greta at the same time. So unless you can put on a good act and pretend you don't already know, I'm going to get it in the neck for being a blabbermouth when his nibs returns. But I can cope with that. Okay then, well, um, bye. Come on, Greta. Pick up. Why are you never there when I need you? 